Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMB Sports. Baseball fans rejoice. It's my team, my voice. For the most baseball coverage on MTMV Sports, tune into the Out of the Pin podcast every other Friday night. Join me, Eric Boston, and the rest of the Out of the Pin baseball team as we bring you interviews, discussions, and the latest happenings from around the baseball world. It's the Out of the Pin podcast. Check out our website at outofthepinbaseball.com where you always get baseball from a fan's perspective. Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy Loso, man. And y'all listen to the number one sports podcast out, MTMV Sports. Y'all see it. Hey, how you doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTMV Sports. And today we're absolutely blessed um, to be right here with Connor Allen. Um, How are you doing, Doc? I'm doing well, man. Uh, excited, Excited to be on the pod. Awesome, bro. Um, man, tell us who you are, man. Tell us, tell us what you do. Yeah, so um, I'm Connor Allen. I write part time over at uh, Roto World and the Quant Edge, and then occasionally for Sharp Football. Uh, I do a lot of fan- uh, football analytics work, and that translates into a lot of fantasy football stuff and betting content as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's where I'm most active at Connor Allen NFL. Uh, and I mean, since since most people have heard of Roto World, there's like the news. Plug. I'd like to, you know, give a little shout-out to my crew over at the Quan Edge, uh, doing a ton of great stuff. We have a lot of podcasts as well as a bunch of tools, like a wide receiver cornerback matchup tool, a betting tool. I think there's a lot of really cool um, ideas there for users to be able to kind of craft their own ideas. So uh, if you're interested in, you know, furthering your research there each week, I would definitely take a look over at the Quan Edge. Oh, love it, love it, love it. Hey, man, so – here's my question just kind of to start off, right? This week, um, you know, weird week. I would just say that like off the jump, weird week. Mm-hmm. Some people hopped off the page. Some people hopped out of the, the waiver wire situation, like nobody picked them up or even thought about them, and they just like killed some stuff. Um, surprises for you this week. Who are some of the guys guys who just produced like out of their mind this week? And I, I'm, I'm already, already thinking about one. Right, but who are some of the guys who just like killed it for you, or killed it for you know, or you didn't even see it coming? Yeah, so I think one guy who I think we could have seen coming before the year, but once the season got going, he kind of took a back seat a little bit, and that was Kenyon Drake this week. Uh, he mm. scored twenty six point six fantasy points, his highest all season. Um, so I mean, like before the year, he was going third, fourth round. Everyone was super pumped about him. He's a really electric running back uh, out of Alabama. And, you know, I thought he was a really good player. It was just the, the touches that could be a concern getting to the year, and the Adam Gates is still riding the ageless wonder of Frank Gore. Um, so then, you know, he had a bunch of uh, – Kenny Drake had a bunch of duds and then just ripped off two touchdowns here on uh, 26 fantasy points this week. Man, I, I did not see that coming here. I, I, I don't know what to do with that dude. I, I really don't. Like, Sometimes yeah. I, I go and I pick him up. I think I have a good find. You know, I think I've, I've done something. Actually, I drafted him in almost every league, right? So I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm about to kill it this year because I saw him in preseason doing this thing. And I'm like, man, people do not see this coming. And he just let me down week after week. And then as soon as I mm-hmm. drop him, he starts going off. Um, What do we do with Kendrick? <laughs> what do we do with him right now? It's it's tough, man. He's tough to trust, really. Like, he's he's a boomer bust player. And, Gase just isn't giving him the uses that you want to see out of a guy you're going to start. He isn't seeing the touches. You know, Frank Gore is still going to be there, vulturing touchdowns and pretty much touches. So unless Drake breaks a long one or two like he did last week, 
you know, he's going to end up with probably less than 10 points. He's ended up with that in uh, exactly half of his games this season. I don't even know if that's really startable. So, for me, he's kind of just like a boomer bust guy that he's almost like a desperation play for me. So, I don't know. I, I would probably look elsewhere. But uh, if you need to start him, I guess, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do. Man, I see a guy like Drake doing his thing. Um, we see another guy in Detroit doing something nobody thought possible last week. Um, what do you think about Blunt? And and did he surprise you at all last week? Um, so for for this week, um, with them playing the Rams, you know, Blunt Blunt might not be in exactly the kind of game script that you're looking for here. So they're ten point underdogs right now. Um, which means that they're probably going to be passing a lot to catch up. So I think that that spells a lot more of a, a Theo Riddick type of, uh, type of game plan there instead of, a, instead of a blunt game plan. So I'm thinking that he's probably the play. And then, I mean, maybe you get lucky with blunt rumbling in for a touchdown um, or two like on Thanksgiving. But, you know, for, for this week, I'm probably looking elsewhere. Yeah, he is, he's a scary play. I didn't expect him to do what he did last week. He's a scary play moving forward, though. Um Man, who's somebody who you touted this week? Because, I mean, you know, we all get things wrong. Who's somebody who you were like, man, this guy's going to be the guy. He's going to do well this week. Or even you just started him in your own league and he just disappointed you. Yeah, I think a guy who is super highly owned in daily fantasy leagues and a guy who I was really expecting to just go like nuts this week was Odell Beckham. So, you know, you had a really good matchup against the Eagles secondary who's starting three corners who are literally just off the streets. Uh, and he only threw up a five for 85 line. He was cramping up because he doesn't drink water. I mean, what a, what athlete doesn't drink water? I don't know. That's just ridiculous, man. But he literally he disappointed everyone. I was expecting, you know, 25, 30 points out of him, and he throws up, you know, 13. So, I don't know. I thought that that was a huge, huge disappointment, especially against a team like the Eagles. So, I expect more from him going forward. But, you know, I, I was really, really expecting a big week. I played him in every DFS situation, and I thought for sure that was at least 20 to 30 points. And yep. and he gave me absolute duds. So you're absolutely right with the Odell Beckham pick there. Um, I don't know what to do to get this dude to drink water, bro. I, I, like, I don't even know how to approach it, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what do we do? Um, yeah. so he doesn't like to drink water, I right, bet. So that means he's just out of the game most of the time when I absolutely need him. Yeah. yeah, he had to get an IV. I don't know what, what he was doing over there. It's like uh, Equinemius St. Brown, the Packers wide receiver, doesn't like to stretch before the games. It's like that's just a disaster waiting to happen, man. Athletes got to take care of themselves. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I, you know, I guess they're young players. Maybe they'll get it later. I don't I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's look at this, man. Um, producers this week, right? So, okay, cool. We, we saw some surprises. We, there were some disappointments last week. Um, who are some guys who you're looking at this week based on their matchups? They look like guaranteed producers. Uh, one guy that I really like to come to kind of bounce back after two down weeks would be James Conner. Uh, I mean, he's a great spot here, three-point home favorite against the Chargers defense, which is just allowing a ton of rushing yards from an efficiency standpoint. Um, he's seeing a ton of work, pretty much a lot of the Le'Veon Bell work in the passing game that we saw, seen out of him in his career. And then we've also seen uh, Pittsburgh just absolutely crush at home. You know, they're a lot better at home than on the road. Last week was kind of a fluke. They were in a really bad spot. So I don't really think that 
we can judge it based off that much. And so I think he's not only like a really good play here to produce, um, to get a lot of touches, but he's also kind of a sneaky play, you know, after last week and letting down everyone. Uh, I also think Jameis Winston here against the Panthers is, is a, in a really good spot as well. The Panthers secondary is really, really overrated. Um, you've seen them just get absolutely lit up in certain spots, especially like we talked about here against the Steelers. They, they traveled to Pittsburgh and let up 50-plus points, uh, and Big Ben just absolutely demolished them. And while Jameis has been kind of shaky as far as the interception goes, he's been throwing the ball downfield. He's been really, really aggressive. Uh, he's in a good spot here. So I think that those two guys are probably going to be in a ton of my daily fantasy lineups. I'm going to be starting them, you know, obviously everywhere I have them. I think that I think that those are two of my favorite guys this week. Does it scare you a little bit that Jameis could get pulled at any time if he has like you know somewhat of a bad start to the game? You know, you know, Fitz is like right there, always kind of ready. Yep. Does it scare you a little bit that that's possible? Yeah, a little bit. I think in some some other matchups, I think that it would scare me a little bit more. You know, if it wasn't a matchup that I was really, really confident about here that I thought that he would be able to, you know, take advantage of significantly, then I would, I would be definitely concerned. But um, in this one, I don't, I don't really, I'm not too, too overly concerned about it because realistically it would take him to throw probably two picks in the first half, which is possible as we've seen, but at some point they're going to have to stick to a guy. Uh, and I think they know like Fitzpatrick is not their future. Um, I think that they were just trying to win games and they thought that he was their best option for the time being. Now they're kind of in the mode where they still do need to win to try and get anything back or get back into it. But at the same time, they know, like, Fitzpatrick's not their guy. We've seen who he is over his whole career. He's old, you know, like, he might have shown flashes here and there early in the season, but uh, I don't think that they bench Winston in this one unless he's really, really playing bad, which, as I said earlier, I don't expect to happen in this matchup. Okay. So who are some of those guys who – you know, they don't have great matchups this week. They're kind of like, you know, guaranteed fits. Like, I, I, I would stay away from this guy this week based on a matchup. Um, I, so, if you're still starting uh, Kevin Coleman or Edo Smith, I think that those guys are definitely, definitely fits for me. I think that there's a lot of bust potential with this whole Falcons team this week uh, against the Ravens. Uh, you look at the Ravens and how they're playing on offense. They're um, – they're, they have the lowest pass rate in the league, so they're just running a ton, grinding the clock. And the Ravens' defense has been number one against the run, number four against the pass, and a lot of metrics. So you're looking at you're looking at a game that could be, could feature a ton of running on the Ravens' side, and then a lot of good defense on their side as well. So that really just spells not a whole lot of plays on either side, and it's not going to produce a lot of fantasy goodness. So I think that this is just a bad matchup, not a lot of volume, and I, don't, I just don't really expect either team to score a whole lot. So this this just sets up really, really poorly for that. And it's not enough for me to bench Julio or Matt Ryan, but I would definitely consider, you know, looking elsewhere with Matt Ryan, especially if you're trying to make the playoffs. This is the last week for a lot of leagues, I know, uh, before the playoffs start. So I would maybe consider streaming someone else. So you probably would go a different route you know, on streaming quarterbacks. Um, so you would avoid Matt Ryan this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would definitely be more confident about playing like a bunch of the other guys. I would almost rather play Lamar Jackson than Matt Ryan this week. If that's, I don't know if that's a hot take or not. But Atlanta's defense has been really bad. Uh, like you that's said, a hot Lamar. Take. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so there, there you go. I mean, a lot of it has to do with Lamar's rushing force. Lamar as a passer has been honestly pretty bad. You know, that's not what we're banking on. 
but he produces a lot like Tim Tebow did a few years ago. So like it wasn't pretty to watch. I mean, it actually is like ugly to watch. He wasn't even not even giving that benefit of the doubt. And but he's electric on the ground. He rushes the ball a ton, and um, they give him that kind of volume. So it's really just sets up like a high floor. You're looking at like an eight to ten point floor just by rushing, and then if he throws it all for a, for a touchdown or so. You're looking at like a, a fringe quarterback one week, like a 12, top 12 weeks. Uh, and against Atlanta's defense, which, you know, has gotten hit by a lot of injuries, and they're starting to get healthy again, but they're not fully there. And, um, and they, they still haven't even been that good as a unit. So I think that this could be one of the better matches for Lamar this week uh, over Matt Ryan, who, like, as I said earlier, is, in, is a little bit of a tougher matchup. How does your prediction change or your outlook on Lamar Jackson change, changes if you have um, a guy like Deion Jones back playing for the Falcons? So, so Deion Jones has been obviously uh, is a big, big difference maker for them. But um, even, even earlier in the season, uh, I think that, like, you know, right before he got injured, they were, they're good. They're a good unit, but it just seems like they weren't all there together. And like I said, Lamar, a lot of it has to do with his rushing for it. It's not as much about his passing. Uh, like, the passing is nice, but it's just about what you add through rushing the ball as a quarterback. It's so invaluable to scoring. Um, in the in the quarterback system. And I know some guys over at uh, Roto World, Rich Rebar, did a really good article a few years ago. He called it like the Konami code. Like people reference it all the time uh, now just because he looked at the scoring of quarterbacks and how that has to do with rushing floors with, with when they're running quarterbacks. So like really, Deion Jones obviously makes an impact in the passing game. Um, but he, he really, as far as the rushing goes, he won't impact that much. And that's kind of why I like Lamar here. Now, you've already kind of clued us into some um, people who we would generally be sleeping on, but you know when people are, are kind of listening to these podcasts, they're looking for the sleeper, that little bit of edge that they'll have that the other person who didn't listen won't have. Who are some of those sleepers you see this week that you can play either in your DFS league or you can actually pull off the waiver wire, maybe he's still there, you can start, or you just kind of have him stashed on your bench somewhere, but this is the week to play him. So I think – the obvious one here is probably Austin Eckler uh, with Melvin Gordon out. Uh, I think he's a really interesting play. Um, as we saw last week in uh, the Chargers game when Gordon got injured, he's going to be out for uh, uh, probably a few weeks at least. And then Eckler has been receiving a ton of work, especially in the passing game. And as we talked about with this game earlier, I expect Pittsburgh to be able to score plenty, which means that the Chargers will be playing from behind or playing in neutral game scripts, which will be able to, Allow Austin Eckler, you know, a good amount of carries. He should be able to receive a ton of work in the passing game as well. And in PPR leagues, I think that he's just a really, really good play. So like you're looking at draft games here. He'll be he'll be cheap, and he's in a good he's in a pretty good matchup here. So I think that he's a good sleeper. Who, if he's not picked up in your league, you need to pick him up. Uh, he probably should be already, but uh, you never know with that one. I thought that last week uh, Gus Edwards was really you know, really showed off there. And I know I've been kind of on the Ravens train here, but it's, um, I mean, he's looked good. He's been more of a downhill runner, uh, almost kind of like you're looking at like Lamar Jackson and Gus is like an Alfred Morris kind of RG3 duo there where like Alfred Morris isn't a talented running back. He never has been. He's a good downfield runner that is effective when you have a threat like Lamar Jackson um, in space and who's, a, who's able to just be really dynamic with running the ball. So I think that Edwards has helped a lot by that. Uh, and so I think he's also an, another interesting pickup there and then pretty startable, I would say, in this matchup against Atlanta. Um, 
Yeah, but mo- mostly Eckler there. I think I think Eckler's in a good spot here. Awesome. I'm I'm gonna dig a little bit deeper into um into our running back pool in just a second. Um, we're about to hop into our new segment called Trust Fall. Um, and so we're basically going to ask you, I'm going to give you a scenario, I'm going to tell you the player, and then I'm just going to simply ask, do you trust this guy or not this week? Um, and I may even give you a league. I may say, okay, cool, in a PPR, do you trust this guy or do you not trust him? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Hit me. That's right. All right, cool. So um, the first one, this seems almost easy, right, probably too easy, but, you know, a lot of pops to start off with. I'm going Diggs versus um, New England, right? Um, they're, you know, okay, I guess, against the, the past this year. Um, I don't know. Diggs is sometimes really, really booming, sometimes not so much. So my question is, do you trust Diggs this week against the New England um, Patriots? Yeah, I think I think you really have to here. So with, with this, even though the matchup may not be entirely perfect, um, because New England's done a pretty good job on, on outside wide receivers a lot. Um, you're looking at a Minnesota team that is going on the road, and they're going to have to be throwing a lot to keep up with the Patriots. So uh, I think that Diggs is going to benefit from volume here. So in PPR leagues, I think he's a great play. In standard leagues, I think he's a, a solid play, but it's tough to bench him. You know, it obviously every, every uh, league, you know, in your own team, you have to understand who you have on your bench and could potentially replace him. So unless you have another guy – who's kind of like a fringe top 12 guy here, which is tough to have in most leagues unless you're playing in kind of a shallower league. Uh, I think that you have to trust Diggs, even even in this matchup. So, Gilmore, who do you think – and this is just like – it's just a random question, but who do you think um, gets the matchup with, uh, with Gilmore? Do you think that's Thielen because he's been, um, you know, more of a consistent threat, or do you think Diggs would draw that matchup? I think it's going to be a little bit of a mixture of both because, you know, Minnesota primarily has digs on the outside and Thielen in the slot, but they, they do rotate a lot. So it's not like, like no one's permanent there, you know what I mean? So I think that it's going to be a mixture. I would expect he ends up more on digs a little bit more, but I think that, I think that both of them, you know, obviously both of them are very, very good players. Uh, so I think that he ends up a little bit more on digs, but it's not enough for me to shade them off the matchup because, like I said, you know, they're both consistent threats. If they stick them on one, they're just going to go to the other. They change it, which they might at halftime. You know, if one of them's going off, they might switch, and the other could go off in the second half. So I think that they're, with, with having two really, really strong receivers here, I don't, I don't think that, uh, you know, Gilmore is able to make up too much ground on either of them uh, enough to bench them. Mm. All right. So that's a trust for you for Diggs. Yep, that's a trust. Awesome. Okay, here we go. Standard League. Chubb versus Houston. Trust? No trust. Houston. Ooh. So I'm thinking here you probably still have to trust him, but, I mean, you're looking at a guy who's just getting a ton of touches, and then you're looking at also a Cleveland team that's played a lot better since they fired uh, Hugh Jackson and uh, Todd Haley. Uh, Freddie Kitchens has done, like, a really, really good job there. They scored over 30 points for the for the first time. I mean, it took Hugh Jackson 36 games to score over 30 points, and then they scored over 30 points three games after he gets fired. I don't think it's a coincidence. I mean, the team is rolling right now, and Houston Houston's been okay on defense. They haven't been as good as they should be with you know all the all the firepower they have in the defensive line. But Chubb's just getting so much work, and he's just been really really he's played really well. 
So I think in this offense that's, you know, looking up and then uh, with the workload he's getting, I think you still have to trust him. He's, he is close though. I think if you have another guy, uh, if you have a really, really strong running back core, he would, he could definitely be more of a flex play for me instead of like your RB2 or RB1. All right, here we go. Now, you look at Dallas, right? They have two really good linebackers. They're young, they're fast, they're ferocious, they play together well. I mean, they, they mix so well, and I really like those kids a lot. They may even be getting back, you know, their leader, right? They may be getting back Sean Lee this week. Yep. Okay? Sean you look at that situation, right? Um, offensively, um, you know, they exploded last week. I mean, we saw the emergence of uh, Amari Cooper, I mean, it was just like the breakout game, right? It was like the, look, I'm here, and not only am I here, I'm, I'm worth every bit of the first-round draft pick that they gave up to get me, right? And so you yep. see Dallas is surging, but the Saints are surging too, right? They, they're killing it. However, last week, even though they were killing it, the main stars were not. You look at Kamara and you say, oh, man, like you thought you were going to have a great week. Well, I did. And it didn't really work out like that. And Ingram gave me less. My question is, against those two young linebackers, and maybe even three, right, do you trust Ingram this week? Ooh. So are you looking at standard PPR, or should I give my take on both here? Let's go for PPR. All right. So for PPR, I think that it's um, – I think that he, he is close to this trust, trusting, but he's definitely more closer to the bust, in my opinion. Um, like, like you said, the linebacking core has made a huge difference for the Cowboys, and it's something that the Saints, you know, really look to take advantage of because you saw against a team like Atlanta who didn't have a good linebacking core at the time or was really just kind of allows a ton of rece- running backs receptions, and they forced Kamara, I think it was 15 receptions he had in that one game, um, but then you look at a team like Dallas, who, like you said, has, some, has a really good linebacking core and an up-and-coming defense, but I don't think that Ingram and Kamara are going to be quite utilized as much as we would look at the, some of the other game plans here. So with Ingram definitely towards the lower end of someone that I'd want to start, um, you know, especially 10-man leagues, I think you definitely should have a better option by now. Uh, 12-man leagues, I would consider starting him maybe as like you're running back too, but Man, it's tough to trust. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that one. Okay, okay. So, which way are you swinging most? Are you saying no trust, or I don't trust it, or um, you know, a little trust? I'll say I don't trust him. I say I would say I'll start a guy like Theo Riddick over Mark Ingram. I'm just throwing out hot takes on your pod, but it's the <laughs> things that I would actually do. Not even, I honestly believe this. It's, it's not just you know. Not not just saying it to say it. I, I truly think that uh, you can find better options here. That's why you're here, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Dope, bro. All right, cool. So here we go. Here we go. We only got two more. Ready? Now, I'm gonna give you even a league number this time. Right? I'm in a 16 team league, struggling. Oh, yeah. I just found out that Melvin Gordon is. Not done for the season, maybe, but he's done for the present, right? Austin Eckler's gone, right? I have Justin Jackson. I got him right here. He's on my team. He's on my bench, though, right? Um, and I'm looking at the matchup this week, going up against Pittsburgh. I know Austin's the man, right? But in this team, in this 16-team league, 
I just need a few. Is Justin Jackson somebody I can trust this week? Man, so you gave me that number. I'm glad you gave me that 16-team number because this is definitely a reach of a start, but I kind of like it because he did see some work as soon as, you know, Gordon went out last week. And Justin Jackson was a really good prospect. You know, I, I thought that he compiled a ton of rushing yards at Northwestern. Uh, he tested pretty well at the Combine. And then I thought that he'd have a little bit bigger of a role here on the Chargers, but, you know, he kind of fell behind Eckler. And Eckler's just been one of those really good, uh, you know, unexpected guys throughout, pretty much throughout his career, it seems like. So I think that Jackson's going to kind of play like, a, like a, a number two role here with Gordon out. So I think in this matchup against Pittsburgh, if you only need a couple, I think you can trust him. It's tough. I mean, I'm not really, you know, obviously it depends on what other options you have, but I think that, you could you could get lucky here with a touchdown, and if you get two touchdowns, man, you're gold in a 16-man league from him. I think that there's plenty of potential here for like a 60-40 or like a 75-25 uh, split here between Eckler and Jackson going forward until Gordon returns. I like him too, to be honest with you, especially in that scenario. Um, I mean, just because if you look at last week, right, he only had a few carries, but he it was he was explosive in those few carries. He looks like somebody um, with a ton of juice, and, and you said it, right? He killed it in college. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to big things. Um, I mean, you know, we'll see. I, I, I wonder if they play it kind of like keeping – and this is my question. I don't know, but maybe they play it like – I don't know if you remember back in the days um, when the Saints would lose a major running back, right? They had Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush had a defined role, which was that satellite back role. So they kept him mm-hmm. in that role, and they didn't, like, super heavily rely on him as the between-the-tackles runner. Um, I know the Chargers have a lot more faith in Eckler than that. But the question is, will they – because he's been so good in his role, will, do you think they may keep him in his role and use Justin Jackson as the between-the-tackles the, the, um, runner, just make him the new Melvin Gordon and keep Eckler in his role? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. It's very, very possible, I think. Um, I would – I would think that instead of it like, you know, um, instead of Jackson completely leapfrogging Eckler into that number one role, like a Melvin Gordon role, I think that it would probably um, come with like an increase for Eckler a little bit in the early down work and then stay, but mostly stay in the pass catching role like you were saying, and then give Jackson like a good bulk of the early down carries. So I think that you could almost get like in your, the scenario you're talking about, like there is potential for a Melvin Gordon light role, you know, if, if you saw some of that. But uh, I, I think it's possible, you know, there's no ruling out. We don't – we can't assume what coaches are going to do, and we don't really know what coaches are going to do. Like, to be entirely honest, we can try and read the tea leaves. We can look at reports. But even beat, beat writers who are talking about it in the practice every day, you know, they don't really know. Um, it, could be, it could be something that we just have no idea of uh, until it happens. So – uh, I think it's very possible, and like you said, Jackson looks good last week. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to count on it, but I think that it's definitely very possible. Like, I would almost say there's like, I don't know, probably like a 25, 30% chance of that happening, like what you're saying. <laughs> cool. All right. So, here's the last one. I don't know if you saw it or not, but Leonard Fournette has hands, and he used them last week. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he just, I'm sorry. He just jumped into um he just jumped into a fight that wasn't really his and he just started throwing his hands, man, and, and he just kept on with it. Like it was it was ridiculous. And so, um anyway, he's suspended this week. And he's gone. 
And now, um, because he's gone, and he was basically defending Carlos Hyde in that situation, and he's gone, and Hyde's still still around. So, um, because Hyde's around and Yeldon's around, and there'll probably be a split. Um, I'll ask you the two for one question here, right? Do you trust either one of them this week against Indy? Uh, the the short answer is no, um, but the long answer for for Yeldon, I think, in PPR leagues. Um, against the Colts, I think you could potentially trust him, you know, as like a desperation flex kind of guy. Um, but I don't really – I think Carlos Hyde is kind of in a tough situation here where he's going to see a lot of early down work but isn't going to, you know, be a pass catcher. And the Colts have really, really turned it up lately. So if you're expecting the Colts to be winning, you're really not going to see a lot of just grinding the ball and everything with Jacksonville. They also have got a new offensive coordinator, obviously, after they fired – um, Nathaniel Hackett. So we just really have we really have no idea what to expect here. Um, it could be all Hyde, it could be all Yeldon. So it makes it hard for me to trust either. Really, uh, beyond what I was saying about Yeldon, is like maybe maybe a flex play in PPR leagues. Man, thank you so much, bro. You've given us so much phenomenal information. Um, I'm incredibly impressed, and I feel appreciative because I know this week I'm gonna <laughs> suck less. Um, man, do, me a, do us a one more favor. Tell us where we can find you, uh, where we can get this awesome information. Um, you know, tell us, like, anywhere, like Twitter. Like, where can we find more of your stuff, um, some of your articles, some of your write-ups, um, some of your podcasts? Like, tell us where we can find your stuff again. For sure. So you can find me on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL, And then I do a podcast every week called Move the Line. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Uh, we have a lot of awesome guests on there each week. We break down the games from a betting market and uh, prop betting, fantasy, DFS, season long. You know, we really cover it all. The pod is, pod is one of my favorite things to do each week. I also write a couple of articles throughout the week, including uh, one for Roto World during the week, which comes out on Thursdays. And then on Saturdays, you'll see my prop betting article, which even if you're not into player prop bets, you should still take a look because – there's a lot of information that you could use to make decisions for your season-long leagues or DFS leagues. Because uh, as I really dive deep into a couple of players I really like or dislike that week uh, in the article after I have all the information for the week. So, uh, yeah, so those are the main places you can find me. Um, and just, yeah, find me on Twitter mostly. That's where I'll be mostly chilling. Man, thank you once again for joining us. Um, hey, listen, if, you, if you're listening to this podcast, look, um, I know, I know. This is great information, right? Please let us know how you feel about it. Um, leave us a comment on um, leave us a comment on iTunes. If you're listening on iTunes, leave us a comment. Go ahead and subscribe. I mean, we'll be doing this a lot, right? We'll do this every week, even into the championship weeks, right? When um, either you're in it or you're out of it, but <laughs> it can still help you. Um, and yeah, it can help you for DFS situations, right? So, I mean, why not win some money while you're you know sitting on the sidelines? Um, either way, thank you so much for listening. Um, I appreciate you coming. And I want to thank our guests one more time. Bro, awesome. Phenomenal. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right, y'all. really appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, y'all. This is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports. Thank you once again for joining us. This is Fantasy Expert Advice, man. You need it so we can suck less at fantasy football. You have a great day. God bless.